Amen. Good morning. How are you doing? You doing all right? Did everybody have Christmas? It came to your house? It's great. You all ready for the new year? Okay. It's good. It's good. Well, it's coming. So there you go. Hey, one of, one of my favorite things to do is to uh, watch somebody do what they love, watch somebody do what they're gifted at. If you take somebody who's like a mechanic and they can just look into a car and they can see what's wrong with the car. They can find out the part that's wrong. They take this new part and they put it inside with twisting a few bolts and you know, doing whatever they do. And they make that thing functional again. I just sit back and I'm like, man, that's amazing. Because I don't know cars. I'm not very good with cars. And so I just see somebody doing what they, they love or they're good at. And it's like, that's awesome. You know, you watch a carpenter. You watch one of those uh, house flipping type shows. And they take this home that's like, it's all ran down, it, it's uh, got mold throughout it, and, and they can go through and they can just look at the house and they think, this is the best flow, this is what people will want, this is, and then the carpenter can just go through and make that. They can make it new, and I just think, that's awesome, because uh, I can't do that. And, and so I remember uh, going out to my, visit my brother in California, and uh, he had lived out there for a little while, and when we went out there, I was like, one thing I want to do is I want to learn how to surf. So we'll go out there, and uh, he had actually picked this up. So it, it, for him, it was this new thing that he loved doing. He would do it on a weekly, if not daily basis. And uh, so Ellis and I, my, my son and I, we put on these wetsuits because the water is freezing. It's so cold. And we walk the block down to the beach. Yes, it is a rough life for him. So we walk down to the beach, and there it is for, a, for the next two to three hours. Uh, my brother teaches us how to surf. He's like, Here's what you do. You hop on the board and you kind of paddle with the wave. And then he's telling us, you know, and then just all as if with one motion, you just hop up out of the surface of the water onto the board. And then once you get your balance when you're on the board, you just simply stand up. And then that's, that's kind of how you surf. And so there you go. So literally, I mean, we are just wave after wave. We are just trying this thing. And then finally, Finally, we stand up. But have you ever seen surfing on TV? I mean, you watch surfing, and they make it look so easy. They make it like, like just boom, they hop up on the board, they're, they're going all over the place, and they go underneath the thing, they get barreled, as my brother calls it, and he's like, that looks awesome. That looks great. Because when somebody knows what they're doing, it looks so easy. It looks so simple. And then my son and I, we, like, we stand up, we wobbly ride a few waves, and we feel like, hey, I surfed. I was surfing. And, and that's just how it is. You know, I feel like if you want to learn something new, you take somebody who knows what they're doing, and then you want to learn that thing. To grab hold of something new in a few hours, it, it's nearly impossible. Uh, but to take a skilled craftsman and a novice and to be able to put those two together and, and help, uh, you can learn new things, but it's challenging. So if I was to go out to California again, and do surfing, I'd have to learn all that over again. I'd have to practice and try all that over again because I haven't done it since then. So carpentry, gymnastics, mechanics, sports, riding a bike, art, anything. If you want to learn it, understand it, it takes time, effort, and a good teacher. Nothing happens on accident. Can you say that? Ready? Nothing happens on accident. That's right. If it's hard, it takes work and practice and commitment and a level of, of like, I'm just going to do this thing. 
And no, that's not where we're going today. We're not going to New Year's resolutions. We're not going to, like, if you will just, you know, time sensitive, set some goals out there. They're measurable and attainable. You can do it. Uh, that's, not, that's not our hope for today. But I want to take a concept this morning that's throughout our whole Bible. It's vital. It's important. Uh, it's really something that I feel like is undeveloped in a lot of churches. If you called up any church in America and you asked them, hey, what's your discipleship plan? Here's what you would hear. Silence. Followed by any number of varying different options, opinions, and approaches. And oddly enough, if you called several of their staff members uh, and asked them the same question, you might hear varying degrees of different styles, approaches, and opinions on discipleship. Uh, it's a complex thing. And yet it's all throughout our Bible of what God says we should make disciples. So I guess we should just start out with uh, the beginning. I would just say this. So do you know what disciple means? You know what a, a disciple means? It, it means learner, apprentice. You could say follower as we use the term around here. And our definition of a follower is this. A follower is somebody who understands that they need God, they need Jesus, and they're taking steps to look more and more like him. They're walking in his direction. And a disciple is someone who watches and sees what someone is, is doing and with the hopes of repeating that process in their life. And so here's the thing. If I wanted to be a welder, I don't know how to weld. I, I don't. And so I go to this person who knows they're proficient at welding, and, and I just kind of follow them around their shop all day. I'm just watching. They're grabbing tools. They're welding. They're, they're doing great at welding. And, and I watch them. When I leave that day, at the end of the day, I will probably know no more about welding than I did when I walked in. Uh, because here's what it will take. Unless that person actually spends some time with me and says, hey, this is what this tool does. This is why I'm using this tool in this way at this moment. This is what it means to weld, and this is how you weld. Unless somebody spends some time with me, I won't ever grasp the concept of welding enough to be able to repeat the process. And I would say the same is true of you. As you come into this arena, you can come in here week after week after week. You can sit in these seats and you can begin to see Jesus, begin to follow him. But unless you actually sit down and spend some time to, to discover his heart, his passion, why Jesus did what he did, then most likely you will walk out of here week after week resolving no more difficulties in your life, helping no more of the issues that you've been struggling with, and, and leaving with the same heart that Jesus has. You can follow, but you really have to put in some effort and work if you want to understand what it means to be a disciple. So a disciple is someone who looks at another person and asks this question, I'm trying to make a decision in my life. I do, and I want to be similar to you, so, so how would you decide? And they they think, oh, that's, that's how I'll decide in this situation. What would you do if you were me in this scenario, with this money, with this friendship, with these things? Well, that's what I'm going to do. Where are you going? That's where I'll go. And they follow the lead of the one that they want to learn from. So as we peek inside the Bible and we look at what does it mean to follow Jesus, we want to learn his heart, his approach to life. We want to be his disciples. So we created our discipleship strategy off of this uh, phrase, followers should follow Jesus. And, and here's what a follower of Jesus does. They serve, love, give, and share. It's pretty, pretty simple. 
And we take uh, that easy breakdown, and when you come into here, that's our hope, is to teach you something true about Jesus. We want to teach you about Jesus as you come into this arena. And uh, with another way I guess you could say that is we want you to learn who Jesus is. When you come in here, you will always hear us talk about Jesus because we think followers should follow him. He is the one uh, we're, we're looking to, to disciple after. And so as you come in here, you hear something that is true, you learn something new about Jesus, our hope is that you would leave to practice what Jesus did. With that new information, I'm going to go and put this into my life. I'm going to practice what Jesus did. And from that, we would love for you to, as you practice more and more who Jesus is, what you learn, and then you get into community. You live like Jesus lives. And uh, we think when you shrink your circles, when you shrink uh, things down, a smaller group of people helps you learn and do life better. So that's our model for how we think being a disciple of Christ works best. Matthew 28, 19 says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So these are Jesus' last words to us before he ascends into heaven. Jesus has already come. He's already lived his ministry. He's already died on the cross. He's already rose from the dead. And he's already been witnessed by several people who are following him around as to he has risen from the dead. He's done what he said. And this is his last words to us before he ascends into heaven. This is it. We're not going to get the opportunity to follow him around anymore. This is his last words. And he says this. He communicates very clearly. Here is my mission. It's to go and be, it's to go and make, it's to teach. And if we want to teach someone something, here's the deal, you have to learn it, right? I've always said if you want to uh, learn something new, you should teach it to someone because you will figure it out so that you can teach. And what Jesus talks about there in the last thing is he talks a little bit about baptism, and if you've ever watched us do a baptism here, uh, here's, here's what we do. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we put people underwater, when we baptize them, that's what we say. We ask them as they come in the water, Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so when they come down in the water, we say, uh, what do you want to confess this morning? And they confess, Jesus is Lord. Because if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I can't look inside your heart. Can't look inside anybody's heart. I can't know what you believe, but I can hear what you confess. And so it's up to each one of us individually to decide what we believe. But if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then we baptize them like he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we, we do because Jesus said, as you go and make disciples, as you go and make followers of Jesus, this is what you should do. And so that's why we baptize in that way. So Jesus has all these disciples who are following him around. They're learning who Jesus is, what Jesus does. They're watching him closely. They are following him around. The disciples are in the upper room. And I think this is a place that they met on a regular basis. I think this is where they maybe did meals. It's like the cafeteria type place. And they go up in this upper room, and I think that's where Jesus breaks down his teaching for them. It's like, this is why I did what I did. This is who I am. This is how I love. And, and he gives them an intimate aspect of who he is. But during this evening, it's different. 
because this is Jesus' last meal with them. And so what he's saying is important. It's like, this is my last time with you, uh, this conversation, what we're about to share together. This is what I want you to know. If I'm about to go, if I'm about to leave, this is, these are the last words. And so it's important for us to hear these as well. John 13, says this, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. As I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. And can you imagine? So Peter's in that room, and Peter's a He's a go get him kind of walk on water type of guy. And he's like, man, Jesus, we've followed you everywhere. We've risked our lives. We've done, we have been side by side with you and we have done all these things. And I promise wherever you're going, we are with you. We will go with you. And Jesus says, not this time. Where I'm going, you can't go. He goes on. He wants them to know this is important. What What comes next is important. Here are the instructions that I will teach you in this last lesson, John 13, 34. So now, I'm giving you a new commandment. Wait a minute, Jesus. <laughs> We've been following you around for quite some time now, and you're going to do something new in this last lesson, and Jesus says, here's what I want you to do, this new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. And so they're like writing this down just so we should. New commandment, love each other. That's not new. Uh, that's, like, that's not even kind of new. Our ancestors came up with that, Jesus. I mean, that's what we've been doing our whole time that we've been following you. We've been loving God with all our heart and everything, and we've been loving people. That's not new. And Jesus says, but here's, here's this caveat. Here's, here's what I want you to do. Love them as I have loved you. Been following Jesus around everywhere covered in the dust. We've been following so close. We can see him, and we've been watching him feed thousands, watching him heal sick, rest with the lame, love the lost, hurting, downing, teach, train, and equip. We've been watching, and we've been following, and now here's what I want you to do. Love them, Peter, as I have loved you. So you must love each other. It's a command by Jesus. You want to learn what I do? You want to be my apprentice? You want to follow me? You want to be my disciples? Then you must love each other. And that's the difference that will identify you as one of his disciples if you love one another. So, you know what Peter was thinking this whole time? Jesus is saying that last little bit. P- Peter's thinking this, Jesus, where are you going? I just, I don't get it. He can't focus. He can't think on anything other than this. It's like, I can't go where Jesus is. Where are you going? And John 13, 36, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now. It's Peter, it's fine. You'll come with me. You follow me later. Why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? Tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. He's lost in this. You can't go where I'm going thinking. I'll always go. If you want, man, I will die with you. I'll die for you. And Jesus says, die for me? Seriously, Peter? I mean, in a few short hours, a middle school girl is going to get to com- like you to confess that you don't even know who I am, right? There's some strangers in a crowd who are going to identify you as a person who follows me, that you've been learning to be like me, and you will so violently cuss them out that you don't know me. So hear me. If you want to be my disciple, this is what it will take. Love people like I have loved people. Do that, and this world will see that you are connected to me. 
They'll know you are my disciples by how you love. So that's an interesting concept, if you ask me. This is what Jesus leaves us with today. You want to follow me? You want to be my disciple? Love people. And that's not new. It's not new. That's the same thing. But loving them as Jesus demonstrated. So how, did, how does he love? Well, he served people. He gave his life sacrificially. He gave his time generously. He, he loved widows. And listen, at that time, that was a new concept. Widows were left on the outside. They often had to scrap for food. They weren't taken care of. And Jesus loved them. He loved women, and unfortunately at that time, that was a new concept. They weren't really regarded as respectful, and Jesus loved them. He loved orphans and slaves, and he's saying this, if you get an opportunity to be a master, to be the boss over someone, to have some employees, here's what you should do. You can beat them, you can force them into submission, you can make them do what you say. A lot of people do, and they get respect that way, but here's what you should do. You should love them. Why? Well, because I loved you. Jesus said, see children, while they're growing and learning, man, they can be annoying and immature, but they are impressionable. Here's what you should do. You should love them as I have loved you. Don't exasperate them. Don't set lofty expectations that they can never live up to. Don't let them be your God, but simply sacrifice for them. Give generously. Serve them. Love them in the way that I have loved you. Do that. Follow me in that. Jesus says, I know a world that loves money. Man, They are fascinated with money, and it can do a lot of things. But here's what I want you to do. Love money like I love you. Be generous. Be sacrificial. Don't let it control you. Manipulate it. Don't let it be your God. But maybe let me sit on the throne of your heart, and here's what you do. Spend your resources. Spend your finances like I have loved you. You know, people are going to hate you. They'll say all kinds of evil things about you. They'll fire you because possibly you know who Jesus is. And that's not fair. Governments will challenge you. School systems will isolate you. But here is a new commandment I'll give you. Love people, love things, love money as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And you know what happens? They'll understand. They'll know that you are my disciples. John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to this world that you are my disciples. Acts 6, 7 says, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Here's the deal, it worked. Jesus said this, love people, love God, just like I have loved you and it will be contagious. If you go into all the world, if you baptize them, if you teach them, equip them, if you teach them to be my disciples, pretty soon it will spread, it will grow, it will work. Love God, love people, just like I have loved you. And at Calvary, we've been kicking this idea around for a while, and here's the deal. How can we grow your heart? How how can we teach you and train you and equip you? How can we allow you to understand you need God? And allow you, whatever part of the process you're on, whatever part of the faith journey you're on, whether you're new to this whole thing or whether you've been doing this for some time, how can we teach you to take a step closer to God's heart? Love like Him. And here's our hope. We noticed how Jesus taught His disciples, and we formed a strategy that we think that that, this is how Jesus would do it. And He focused in on 12 men. He called 12 men to come together, and he focused his teaching, his training. He, he focused his intimate lessons on them. And we want you to do the same thing. And we think that if you'll get with a, a group of 12 or so, and then if you shrink your circle once more, if you identify three people that you can come alongside with, 
three people that you do life with, three people that you already know and you love them, you lean into them, you challenge each other, you learn together who Jesus is, how does he love, here's what we think. That's what Jesus did. And that's how it works best. You know, Jesus from his 12 people grabbed three closer friends, Peter, James, and John. And, and there were 12 men that he was setting an example for. He was teaching and training and equipping. And so we believe that you should be in community with each other, with about 12 people who you can look into truth, break it down together, apply it to your lives, and help each other out. And when you shrink your circle, you grow, you learn. I often say this. Here, here's what I want you to do right now. Try to remember the last thing I had taught you from the stage. Last time I was up here, whatever I was teaching, try to remember the basic principle that I wanted you to walk out and learn about Jesus from, from that lesson. And unless you're thinking about cake, you probably didn't necessarily, but here's the deal. Most of you can't, and that's fine. That happens a lot, but try to remember some of the conversations that you had at your last small group. If you're in a small group with people, here's what I bet you can do. I bet you can draw from those experiences, but you can remember some of those conversations. So we believe that if you will get into small groups, if you will stay committed to those, that's where life happens best. When you can see the speed at which somebody else who's in the same stage of life as you doing things, here's what they learned about Jesus, and they begin to share that, and here's what we learned about Jesus, and you begin to share that, you can encourage each other, challenge each other, you can see how life happens best, and then when life actually hits the fan, it gives you someone to lean into and lean on to encourage and go through life with. And we think you should identify three people. It doesn't matter if they're in that small group. But it's three people. It could be outside. They don't even have to come to Calvary. It's three people that you do life with that you know love you, you know care for you, who will have your back, who can challenge you in a way that you will actually see what they're saying. We believe that is an excellent discipleship strategy. The last step is to encourage all. So here's the deal. This morning you chose to come to 1020. So did these people beside you. They decided to come here at this time. And so look around this room. If you walked in here this morning and nobody welcomed you, or if if somebody didn't shake your hand and introduce themselves, they're probably new too. And so here's what we want you to do is to, to look around the room and start identifying new faces and maybe get to know one or two people and encourage them. Encourage all. So small group of 12, intimate circle of three, and encourage all. A long time ago, we adopted these statements, followers should follow Jesus. Don't follow people, because here's the deal. Every person in this room will let you down at some point in your life. They'll fail to meet your expectations. You'll you'll fall short. Uh, They'll fail to love you like God loves you. So we want to live, love, and look like Christ. We want to follow Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we adapted some statements that we believe what it means to be a follower, So followers should serve God and others is what we say. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And if you take what Jesus said and you replace that, you know, they'll know you are my disciples by how you love. So you take that word love and you replace serve there. Followers should love God and love others. Another way to, we love people is we serve them. We let them go first. We take the back seat. We approach in humility and don't consider our needs, but look out for the needs of others, which leads us to our next statement. Followers give sacrificially. We'll go ahead and replace that with the word love. Followers love sacrificially. It's what Jesus did. Sometimes we say generously. It's all the same word. They utilized their resources. They looked and said, hey, Jesus, how would you spend this money? This is all I have. This is what I had to bring to the table. Jesus, what would you do with this money? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to do that with my money. And I'm going to leverage my resources. I'm going to give my time generously. I'm going to give my treasures, my talents, my abilities, whatever that is, in the same way that you would, Jesus. Giving to those in need, loving those with what we have, and utilizing any skill, hobby, or resource to the glory of God so that they'll know we love God by how we love them. Followers serve, followers give, and one other thing we say is followers share what they know to be true about Jesus. I'm guessing that most of you are on some sort of social media platform. Take a picture of your family, make a nice glossy filter, put it on there. You share what you have. A lot of times we share our opinions, we share our beliefs, we share all kinds of things. We think people should share what they know to be true about Jesus. And when we do that, we begin to love them in the way that he loved us. And that's contagious. That will grow. So this is what we want you to do. It's a new commandment. We want you to learn something new this morning as we head into a new year. Love each other as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's how they'll know you belong to me. That is how they'll know you follow me. That is when they'll identify you as a disciple, when you love each other. So today's Monday morning application, super simple. It's really easy. Mainly want you to identify three people in your life who are close who you can pour into, you can trust and love, and share this life with, share Jesus' love with. If you've not yet, we would like to ask you to get into a small group, to be committed to that small group, contribute where you can, engage in conversation, and share your life outside of those meetings. That's when you begin to grow together. And this is important too. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to come here often. want you to be committed because this is where we want to teach you what is true about Jesus so that you can go and practice how Jesus lives, so that you can get into community and live how Jesus lives. We'd love for you to serve around here, get plugged in, to get involved, and to share all that you know to be true about Jesus. Jesus gave us some instructions in the Bible. It's called, uh, <laughs> called the Bible. We, sh- we think you should read it and examine it. It will show you how to follow him and follow close. So here's the deal. Do you have someone to guide you guide your steps? Are you diving into his heart? Or would you say that you're punching a clock Sunday in, Sunday out? Because if you do, I promise when you leave this place, you probably won't know many more tips or tricks or helps to the hurts of this life. Here's how you can grade yourself. How does Jesus love this person? That's that's how I'm going to love these people. How does Jesus love this thing, whatever it is, money and clothing or, or jobs or, or friends or whatever it is? That's how I'm going to love this thing. What does Jesus say about, and then do that, just like he would? New commandment I give you, love each other as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are great and awesome God. And in the midst of all this, I will fail and fall short. I will fail to love people like you have loved me. But my greatest hope is that we can lean in and lean on each other. And in the midst of my failures, that we can make each other strong, that we can look to you who gave us your one and only son, loved us so much that you gave your son to die in our place so that we could have life everlasting. When we look to that and we say, how can I sacrifice like that? How can I give up like that? How can I love like that? And that's my hope today as I walk away. 
is to love each other as you have loved me. Lord, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.